on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast. Hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Well, hello, everybody. Good and job. people are probably thinking they got lucky, thinking, oh, they did the song at the beginning. But no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, there's there's another one coming at the end, too. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good times. Good times. Um, but, yeah, that was a very special intro for everybody because today on the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast, we are talking all about music and, more specifically, music therapy. But I just realized that we haven't done the proper intro. I am Sam Shorky, your host, I am with my lovely sister, Sarah. I wonder if anybody noticed that we actually changed the intro of our podcast. This episode is all about music and kicks off our new badass intro music in the most relevant way possible. As much as I like the initial intro, I, I like this one as well. You know, Dave, he does a good job. I've never met him. You know, so far, he's some good shit. Yeah, shout out to our intro creator and the deep, sexy voice behind all of our sound bites, Dave. Yeah, is that his real name? It is. And does he pronounce it that way? I believe so. I hope so anyway, because I like saying Dave. I actually know him because one of my good friends was dating Dave, and ladies and gentlemen, apparently the equipment matches the voice and the name. Can I say that on the air? (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. That might be more of a question for Dave. 
Although, it's probably not going to hurt him. Hell, it might even help him get some business. Or at least some ladies. I might, however, lose my friend's trust now that I've uh, shared this piece of information. Yeah, yeah, and not to mention bring an awkward uh, barrier between her friendship with Dave. And I feel like now I've just created a really inappropriate visual for all of our listeners because now every time they hear the intro, they're going to think of Dave... Uh, so sorry, everybody, for that, or you're welcome. Yeah, and I should probably take this opportunity to let everybody know that uh, never share any private information with Sam because um, this is what happens. It, it might end up on the next podcast. Well, sharing that can't be good for my coaching business, seeing as I put right at the top of every client questionnaire that everything they share with me is 100% confidential. <laughs> uh, so thanks for saying that. But uh, Dave, however is not a client so he's free game yeah exactly today on the podcast we actually have a guest with us yeah very unsure and possibly slightly embarrassed (laughs) and uncomfortable (laughs) guest actually i think she just left the room Yes, and I should mention that not only is our guest an expert on music therapy, but she is also a client and team member of Jacked on the Beanstalk. Emily, I swear I haven't shared any of your personal <laughs> details with anyone. But anyways, enough about my big mouth and Dave's big <clears throat> voice. <laughs> Today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is all about music and how it can be very therapeutic and how it even affects our mood and our energy and, of course, even our relationships. We're super excited to have a very special guest on the podcast this week, Emily Tohana. And not only is Emily a healthy, glowing, raw vegan babe here in Ottawa, Ontario, she is experienced in therapeutic recreation and aging studies. She is certified in music care and is the founder and facilitator of Music Care Ottawa, which caters to people with dementia. Emily shares music with them via song, guitar, and or piano, which is pretty cool, and I'm excited to hear all about this. So welcome to the podcast, Emily Tohana. Thank you so much for having me here today. Where did this concept of music therapy come from? And maybe you could talk a little bit about the services that you do for for the people with dementia. I guess I'll start with where music music therapy came from. It's been around as a therapy and a mode of healing throughout the ages, back to ancient Greece, Rome, and Egypt. But the earliest reference uh, for America is in 1789, uh, was referenced in a magazine called Columbia Magazine, titled Music Physically Considered. So it was first, I guess, considered uh, in the physical realm of well-being. And then in the 20th century, the idea and practice of music therapy arose out of the Second World War when musicians of all types and skills uh, went around to play for veterans with physical and emotional trauma. In 1944, with this need for trained music therapists, a training program was founded at Michigan State University and Association for Music Therapy was established after that. So now, moving away from America and into Canada, 
you can study music therapy across the nation, which is pretty exciting, uh, including here in Ontario at Wilfrid Laurier University. I went to school at Waterloo University. That's where I did therapeutic recreation. But my music abilities come from my upbringing and my own personal education in music. Also music care, which I'll talk about in a little bit with the Room 217 Foundation. They run a educational program for music in care. So you just kind of fused your training and then your your passion. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, exactly cool. Where did this love for music come from? My mom's side of the family is very musical, and uh, we would always get together for big family get-togethers, and that would always involve music. My grandfather and some of my uncles play guitar. Everybody sings. <laughs> Just like the two Shorky sisters <laughs> having some great harmony. Uh, probably better than we do. But. Yeah, I would assume yeah. better, but they Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Me and my brother were put put in piano lessons, and I picked up guitar myself and, and always sang from a young age. So that's sort of where that grew from. I'm just going to come right out here and state that this might sound shocking to some of our listeners, especially given that I used to be a karaoke host on a cruise ship and that we sing a song on every episode. But music has actually never played a very big role in my own life. But Sarah, I would say it's a different story in your case, because I can remember you used to DJ at Aloha Room. You always loved making plays. I always kind of assumed that that music was a big part of of everyone's life, although maybe that explains why you always like shitty music. No, and it's funny you you said that, too, because I always, uh, like, love to make mixtapes, and there was almost like an art form to doing it, and even the kids were on a sleepover this past weekend, and I spent a good couple hours, and it's like, I don't even just put one thing on, I'm just like, oh, I know what would be good after this one, yeah, all right. I'm like, wow, I'm (laughs) the lamest adult right now. I... I totally understand this this whole thing. I, f- I feel like music just it it speaks to me and it and it plays a huge role in moods. I almost associate you and the various phases of your life with what music you were listening to. And I remember when you had that hardcore feminist phase where you uh, listened yes, to nothing. Yes. Oh, Erin's laughing. She remembers yeah, that yeah. too. You listened to literally nothing but Ani DeFranco oh, and yeah. uh, smoked yeah. a lot of bot. Yes. Yes, yes. I dreamed of growing my my armpit hair and writing songs of female empowerment. Was that to match the giant bush that we discussed last (laughs) week on the podcast? (laughs) Oh, God. If it wasn't for Ani, maybe I would have lasered mine off, too. (laughs) I guess what I'm getting at is that I'd say music has always played a pretty strong role in your life and even played out into who you were at that particular time in your life and even reflected your values and your beliefs. Yeah, damn, you got me feeling all nostalgic. Yeah, I think out of the two of us, music for sure had more significance in your life and was a bigger passion for you. I'm pretty sure the first album I ever bought was Ace of Bass. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes and saw the sign. All right, now we're going to get that in Happy not living without you, I let you go. We've all got that in our heads. I apologize to everyone. (laughs) 
I'm really excited to ask Emily uh, what is the best music to listen to at the gym. Uh, although I will say I know a lot of trainers who prefer to work out without music because they feel more in tune with their surroundings and they say that they get a better lift that way. But for me, no way. I definitely need to have some hardcore death metal blaring into my ears and that's every time before I go into a heavy squat or if I'm doing like calisthenics or cardio I like some dirty dubstep house music for cardio as well and yeah definitely certain songs remind me of various parts of my competition preps that was the main time I would always listen to music so I guess it's safe to say music has had some kind of significance in my life I don't listen to music as much as I did because it just you know with kids yelling in the background it's not quite the same thing and unfortunately a lot of what I get stuck listening to is Elmo and la 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 Pretty sure that's worse than Ace of Base. Yes, yeah. I la, la, saw someone and it opened <laughs> up eyes. A medley. A horrible, horrible medley. Okay, and on that awful note, let's get back to the musical therapy interview with Emily. Yes, poor Emily. We never shut up, even when we bring experts onto the podcast. So sorry about that, Emily. Like, how does music affect our memory, and what exactly is the neurological impact of music on our brains? Yeah, so you actually already touched on a little bit about the fact that music impacts memory through association based mm -hmm. on what you described. The music that you listen to reminds you of when you did your prep for your competitions. I'm just going to pause there, though, and break down what we, we mean by memory because it's important to recognize that there are actually three types of memory, even though I think what we mean here is, is long-term. Um, there's echoic or sensory memory and short-term as well. And they each have their own independent functions, but they also all function together in the process of memorization, which is the successful transfer from sensory to short-term to long-term. And I think that's that's what we, we're getting at here when we're talking about the ability of music to influence the efficiency of creating that long-term memory. We can think of long-term memories as successfully stored information, but before it can be stored, when we receive and process any kind of information, we form a framework known as a schema. And in the context of jacked on the beanstalk, <laughs> examples of such schemas would be a dumbbell, a superset, Sam's booty, or, uh, <laughs> or like Sarah's it. minivan. <laughs> Any Love other it. examples? <laughs> so you can picture a house being built with scaffolding being used by workers to add on to the build. You can think of each of these schemas as memory scaffolding, which new information uh, can be integrated then. Back to the first statement that you already touched on, Sam, is that music impacts the creation of a long-term memory through the creation of associations that are integrated into that schema, that memory scaffolding. So music is associated with smells and sounds, people, feelings, places, reactions, and biases, and each association can be positive or negative. So mm -hmm. your music is a positive association for you, I'm assuming? Yes, for sure. Um, painful or pleasurable. For example, if I can't remember the name of 
Sam's kick-ass vegan personal training business. <laughs> and then I hear the theme music to her podcast, which I regularly follow. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Likely to be triggered by the music to recall that the name is Jacked on the Beanstalk. So in this case, the unintentional strategy that I used to make the association between the music and the business name was repetition. And other strategies to make associations besides repetition are emotional reactions or enhanced mood, organization, and patterning of information. And magically, music does all of these things, meaning it has the potential to have a profound effect on making that long-term memory. Maybe we shouldn't have changed the intro <laughs> to our podcast. <laughs> no, <Damn it. laughs> but when you're going through and learning your new jacked on the beanstalk workout plan or learning how to make a new jacked on the beanstalk meal, listen to your favorite feel good song and maybe you'll remember the workout and the recipe without needing to follow the plan or recipe sooner than you think. You might have a more positive association to working out if you always choose to listen to songs that you love or music that makes you feel happy. Exactly. Why is it that whenever I go through a brutal breakup, I always just want to listen to super depressing music? What should we be listening to when we're depressed? So we often listen to music that either matches our mood or changes our mood. And one of these ways is hormone related, um, where a hormone is released in the brain and it affects our emotion. But before we get into that, I would first of all like to mention that we're not talking about clinical depression here. We're just kind of like feeling depressed and sad. Right. I think it's important to honor how we're feeling and that we don't try to skip over it. Sad sadness is a normal emotion and um, that shouldn't be avoided. And in fact, the more you try to resist whatever you're feeling, the longer it will likely stick around. What you resist persists, right? Right? <laughs> Listening to sad music for a while isn't a bad thing, and it can actually be a good thing. We need to feel and allow the emotions and move through them, um, and music can actually help in that process. There's a Dr. David Huron. He's a professor of arts and humanities at Center for Cognitive Science at Ohio State University. And he does studies to answer questions like this in his cognitive and somatic musicology lab. So according to him, listening to sad music puts the brain into a state of sadness where the hormone prolactin is released and there's a consoling effect that takes place. So okay. it's actually a good thing. Even if you're not feeling sad for a reason in your life, something you've experienced, if you just listen to universally sad music that we all agree sounds sad, you can enter into what he calls sham grief. You can have a good cry without needing to feel sad about something you experienced with the benefits of the normal prolactin release. As he puts it, at the end of the day, you have this warm, fuzzy feeling from being consoled from having that release. You know, you can listen to sad music for a while. For the average person, just pay attention to yourself and you'll know when you're ready to start integrating some happy tunes. But again, I would also say that listening to different songs that aren't necessarily so sad will also encourage different thought patterns, which might interrupt the sad thought train that's going on in the brain. Are there different styles of music that you might recommend for different activities? Um, so you did kind of touch on the science behind that theory and uh, feel free to elaborate if you like, but I would love to know what is the best music for cardio or weight? So when you're working out, and I'm sure it's, it's a lot of like personal preference. I love listening to death metal when I'm doing legs and I'm sure some people death metal is like the worst music 
music on the face of the planet, no matter what they're doing. So is there um, a recommended kind of, you know, general type of, of music or beat that we should listen to? Yeah, there are some specific things that you can do. And um, since it's such a broad spectrum of, you know, different activities that you could do and what would be recommended for all of those, I broke it down into into three different categories that we could talk about. I broke it down for music for exercise, since we're talking to the Jacked on the Beanstalk crowd, and music for concentration, since we're here at at the University of Ottawa for those who are studiers and students mm-hmm. and uh, music for relaxation and sleep because everybody does those things so here's what music does for your workout it's a good kind of distraction as in it makes you less aware of the exertion that you're mm-hmm. putting out and the discomfort that you might be experiencing <laughs> according to the Guardian it can benefit athletic performance by up to 15 percent all of those trainers that you said you know like to not plug in mm-hmm. they're missing out on that 15 percent it also also kind of depends on how you feel towards working out you know like it's like when you're cleaning or if you're cooking I personally hate cooking so you listen to music to make it you know less intolerable if you're not like Sam over here um, <laughs> who loves to work out listening to something that's going to make it more enjoyable that's why when you were saying those trainers don't listen to anything I was like oh god that sounds like my <laughs> idea of hell I wish I could be at the gym all day long but instead when I'm at home and I'm getting myself ready to be in creative work mode or like write client plans or or whatever I actually will put on a playlist on Spotify called creativity boost playlist and they also there's also one called intense studying playlist and I find just by putting those playlists on it forces me to get into the right mindset zone yes There you go. That's exactly another thing that music does. It puts you in the zone. So what we talked about earlier with music and memory is because we're talking about association here. So certain songs are associated with, you know, the feelings and reactions we talked about earlier. So channeling that association boosts the motivational power of a song and enhances physical performance, provided you've chosen a positive, pleasurably associated tune. Yeah, don't be listening to James Blunt when you're working out or anything. I don't think that's going to do anything for anybody. Just something that's upbeat, something that gives you a little energy boost, I guess, for the gym would be the best thing and something that you associate with with happy, high energy kind of stuff. And then what about sleeping and when you're trying to uh, relax? I'm guessing the death metal's probably not the best choice in well, that scenario. you know what? Uh, what I can recommend is something that's like 60 beats per minute. It doesn't have words. And then your brain can like synchronize your heart rate too, like the musical beat. But at the same time, again, through association, if that kind of music is something is that soothing? You, right. <laughs> you get like a soothing feeling from. It's then, like lavender on the pillow. Hey. When I um, was teaching a cardio class, midlife crisis, a.k.a. my spiritual awakening, <laughs> I started to say, hey, everybody, do you want to do like five minutes of meditation at the end of our, our workout class? And I would always put on these songs that I thought was, was very soothing and... Uh, uh, like death tones and everyone was like how is this meditation music and then I switched it up to Enya just goes to show right like some songs I would play in that cardio class and people they absolutely hated it whereas I was like what doesn't this get you going like come on ladies but I 
guess a 60 year old woman right. yeah. is probably not going to be as, you know, energetic listening to, you know, smells like teen spirit by Nirvana. <laughs> okay. And what about cooking or cleaning? I mean, I know Sarah actually likes cleaning and I actually like cooking, but oh, or, we would make the perfect couple. I I clean. <laughs> well, if you don't have a sister named Sam or Sarah, my best recommendation for cooking or cleaning actually goes along with what Sarah already touched on, which is that you can listen to music that has a positive association and can make it more enjoyable, or maybe, like it is for exercise as well, you can uh, listen to music to maintain a good pace so you can get through it faster. It can also provide us that good kind of distraction, like we talked about it for exercise as well. Right, so no James Blunt when you're cooking. <laughs> I don't actually have anything against James Blunt. I'm sorry, James, if you're listening. He, he should be saved for depression. Yeah, he, he's perfect for the breakup. Amazing. Music therapy for yourself. As you know, Emily, we like to conclude every episode of the podcast with our horrible impression of a relevant song from the 80s that Sarah has selected. That I think... Our love of 80s music is because it's a happy memory from our childhood. Of our mom. Yeah, mom would... I remember you'd get home from school and you'd reach the driveway and you could just hear the songs just a-pounding from the house. And you'd come in, yeah, and mom would be vacuuming and like... Or it would remind me of the the parties that mom and dad used to throw in the 80s. And like, we were like the the fun, like, mom and dad party house. And they had like the basement all done up and we'd be at the top of the stairs like... Like, can we come down? And they'd be like, no, get out of here. Mom had quite the skill in the mixtapes. Dad was big into the, the 70s rock, and Mom was big into the 80s pop. And it's true. Yeah. I love both those. What about you, Emily? What do you listen to? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I actually, um, in contrast to your love of, <laughs> of death metal, <laughs> I love performing, especially not even just like listening to, but uh, jazz music, which I was listening to here in the in the radio station earlier. Yeah, shout out to CHUO Radio where we're recording this podcast. And in transition is the jazz show. Emily, what do you listen to when you're doing the workouts that I created for you? Lots of up-tempo stuff. That's another point that I didn't mention is that I want to listen to up-tempo stuff, so that's what I've got on there. I think she's got Joan Jett, I hate myself for loving you. <laughs> Lamb of God, I fucking hate you. Take it not to on the there, I'll, I'll have to listen. <laughs> Maybe we should let Emily actually yeah, answer. Yeah. <laughs> We're horrible Are you at having fun yet? <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold My Hand by Jess Glynn. Uh, that's super upbeat. That's one that comes to the top of my mind. We're too old for that. They're all kind of popular on the radio now. Oh, okay. Yeah. As everybody is well aware, we always conclude our episodes with singing a song. Since you, unlike us, are actually musically gifted, are you down to sing with us? And get this, I asked her to bring her guitar. Oh, musical accompaniment today. Oh, yeah. So what do you say, Emily? 
so down. Let's do it. We cannot end our interview with Emily without asking her five random questions. Every podcast guest is going to answer these questions at the end of their interview. Emily, are you ready? Fire away. What is one morning daily habit that you cannot live without? Some good old H2O. If you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you be and why? Literally any kind of green because they're so versatile for food combining and good digestion. So I'd probably be rainbow chard because it's pretty and, and it does the job. And if this was your last month on <laughs> earth and you had no hope in hell of changing your body in any way, how would you spend your time? Uh, I'd have to say singing and making music, obviously. What is your favorite sweat-inducing activity? Dancing. That's another music-related activity. I'm going uh, back to Jamaica in a month. Can you teach me how to twerk and dance to dance hall? With an ass <laughs> like that and you can't twerk? What is your favorite brain-stimulating activity? Besides learning a new piece of music, I would have to say that word jumbles. What is your personal mantra on living the best life possible? And do you say mantra or mantra? Sarah and I are always debating this. Mantra. It's understand and be yourself because the world needs the most authentic and fully expressed version of you that you have to give. Well, thank you for your responses, Emily. All right, ladies, are you as excited as me to be singing this? This week's song is a trio for the first time ever. Although I guess mom did sing with us that time we had her on. I think she was just mouthing the words. Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how many future guests will actually sing with us. Yeah, um, my guess is... Um, None. I'm actually shocked Emily's willing to give this a go. Well, it's the perfect guest yes, for yeah, this. Yeah. She might be hugely disappointed. Yes. Um, <laughs> and just to warn you, Emily, we don't want you to show us up, but we did also win a karaoke contest once, not for most talented, yeah, but for yeah. most entertaining. Mm -hmm. So accepted. Cool. Naturally, I went with a rock and roll anthem, Bob Seger's Old Time Rock and Roll. It hits on various kinds of music, yeah. and he just... Can't get enough, nothing beats that. All Old right. Time a rock and roll. Those old records off the shelf. I'll sit and listen to them by myself. Today's music ain't got the same soul. I like that old time a rock and roll. Don't try to take me to a disco. You'll never even get me out on the floor. In ten minutes, I'll be late for the door. I like that old time of rock and roll. Still like that old time of rock and roll. That kind of music just soothes the soul. I'll reminisce about the days of old. With that old time of rock and roll. Woo! Ow! Yeah! What are you doing on Sundays from now on? <laughs> Well, that was epic. I'm sure everybody can agree. So, uh, yeah, Emily, seriously, can you perform with us more often? Affirmative. So I have a feeling that it might help increase our subscriber base greatly to have Emily perform with us. And uh, speaking of which, we would also really appreciate if all you subscribers could please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Unfortunately, we do not have a new review this week to read on the air. 
That was definitely a five-star performance. The only ones that are missing out are you guys, the listeners, because hearing (laughs) us do an impression of what we think you might sound like when we read your review would no doubt make your entire week as much as your review would make our week. So please keep those (laughs) reviews coming. And to everyone who has subscribed and reviewed the podcast already, you rock. Thank you so much. Same goes for everybody who purchased some of my new Jacked on the Beanstalk gym gear, which one of them was Emily. So thank you. I really appreciate all the support and I hope everyone who has bought some Jacked on the Beanstalk apparel that you please post a pic on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and of course hashtag Jacked on the Beanstalk. Alright, well that is it for this week. Big thanks again to Emily Tohana for coming on to the show. And Emily, what is the best way for people to reach you you can get my contact details on my facebook page or my website which is musiccareottawa.wordpress.com okay cool and we will definitely include a link to that on the show notes for this episode at jackedonthebeanstalk.com all right folks that is it hope everyone is having an awesome healthy week and remember my own mantra which is don't preach inspire and that is also on one of the shirts on my site jackedonthebeanstalk.com all right enough promo here shorty sisters out